Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Redskins Nation? This is Josh Taylor. And Parker Hamlet. And you're listening to the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. What is up, Redskins Nation? This is Josh Taylor and Parker Hamlet with the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. We just finished watching the first annual Tank Bowl, whatever you want to call it. The tank for whoever you want to draft. The race, race the last place game. Race. I never heard that one. <laughs> I literally just thought of it. Race the last place. Uh, so, I mean, overall, wasn't. I mean, it's. It's literally the two worst teams playing against each other. It was so, what I mean, you guys expected. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's uh, two kindergarten peewee football teams going at it. If you ever seen, like, the little peewee teams playing against each other, it's just a one giant mess on the field. Uh, it's pretty much what it looked like. Um, but going into the game, first game for uh, Coach Callahan, off the bat we noticed, I mean, he, he said that the players would be getting all new schedules for practice. And he actually did give out new schedules, and practice looked a lot different. They said they practiced longer, they practiced harder, had a lot more order no, to it. No music. Um, when it came to the individual yeah. drills, a lot of them were more like he, – he just made – it was a lot more tense of practice environment. He feels – Callahan wouldn't say that right, but he feels like that just the environment and atmosphere of practice when Jay was there was just a joke, that players didn't take it seriously whatsoever. That was Cal, – Callahan's an old-school guy. He came from a different era, so he, he believes in practicing. He believes in running the football, so he kind of made practice more centric towards those, you know, that, that conduct. And, you know, you know he, he changed a couple things, you know, like, like Josh just said, so. Yeah, it's very old school. That's something we heard a lot of is just players complaining that nobody took practice serious. They didn't feel like – I mean, we weren't practicing with pads for like three weeks. Which a lot of people like myself can contribute towards the injury problems that the Redskins have dealt with ever since the Jay Gruden era started. I mean, when you're not used to getting hit like that, man, and then you play four, four full quarters against professional football players and you got 200, 300-pound man hitting you full speed, I mean, your, your body's not acclimated to that type of contact on a consistent basis. I mean, you got some of the best teams around the NFL like Seattle Seahawks do. They practice hard every single day. I mean, it's yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, you need your rest and relaxation. And you got to have your walkthroughs. But at the same time, you know, you got to get used to that contact, man, because if you don't condition your body to it, I mean, you know, the, the worst stuff happens as we oh seen. yeah no, you, yeah you can't practice half-assed and you know barely hitting each other and then you have guys like Khalil Mack running at your full speed exactly so uh, but like you said just going old school with practice I was kind of excited to see what came out of it I know AP had a big smile on his face because they said that uh Calhans really wanted to run that he trusted AP he said you got to get the run game going success is based off of how many rush attempts you have not how many rushing yards that was kind of concerning but um, something that, you know, he said old fashioned, I don't think Gruden really trusted our run game for some reason. He didn't like AP running the ball. And yeah, I, think this week- I mean, the, the, the Jay Gruden and, uh, Adrian Peterson feud is very well documented. And, you know, a lot of people I, I've seen on Redskins Twitter have just been kind of saying that, you know, Callahan's throwing shade at Jay and, you know, why didn't he say all this? Apparently he made it very adamant in coach meetings and, you know, tape that them watching tape together that, you know, he, he disagreed with Jay's philosophy and, you know, it, it was very, it was well-documented. So an AP yeah. and, you know, there was rumors that AP, uh, Jay didn't want AP on the 53 going into the season because Jay didn't fit, AP didn't fit Jay's philosophy. And, you know, 
if you're not if you don't fit Jay's blueprint, you know, then you're no good to Jay. So it's nice Obviously, to see Callahan. Yeah. It's nice to see Callahan appreciate a guy that came in the, the the caliber player of Adrian Peterson, and you know, give him a primary role in the offense since you know the season's practically over, and you know, we needed to be a lot more fundamentally sound on both sides of the ball, especially offense. So it was it was yeah, it was a breath of fresh air. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, if your if your last name's not Piran or Jones, then you're probably not gonna fit Jay's running scheme. Apparently, Samaje <laughs> Gruden. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like you can't expect success passing ball if you have no run game. The defense knows what you're doing; they're not worried about your little one yard. If you're rushing the ball nine times a game, then they know what to, to exactly, especially with as sporadic as as freaking Keenum's accuracy is. I mean, you just you can't. He's not a guy that you can give fifty attempts a game and he can win it all by himself it's just not who he is I mean when he found success in um Minnesota a lot of people forget you know they didn't have Dalvin Cook that year but Latavius Murray Jarek McKinnon they had a very good running back committee and yeah they they relied on that heavily I mean I know they had that great duo of wide receivers but at the same time you know Case is not one of those guys that's like a Rodgers where you can just line him up five wide and he'll just dissect you for four quarters this is how it works so it's it was a smart move by Callahan veteran move and it's kind of why I think Bruce and they were comfortable bringing him in and making him the interim was because they knew he was going to play it safe you know bring the team back to their roots. Cause I mean, last year, you know, Redskins were, were very good at running the ball. Adrian Peterson had a lot of success, you know? So it, like I said, we were getting back to our roots. So it, it was yeah. nice to see AP have some success today. So, and KOC, Kevin O'Connell getting the full reins on play calling something that we were both excited about. Jay Gruden Absolutely. Can't call plays even if we paid for his phone bill. But, uh, uh, so practice went great. Everything was sounding good. AP was excited about the game coming up. And then about, a few days ago, we heard uh, Jordan Reed was going sent to the IR. Finally. Very, finally. Oh, yeah. Very I, concerning. Long I mean, overdue. I mean, this this is just uh, – as, as we beat into the ground, this is bigger than football, man. I'm, I'm worried about that dude's brain, period. No, he needs to retire. I don't know why he hasn't said so yet. Yeah. I mean – I understand he, he, got, he got that concussion like two months ago. Yeah, man, two months ago in a preseason game. And, I mean, he hasn't shown a semblance towards being in a position to where he can once play. I've heard he, there's been reports that he's been lying to staff, medical staff, and trying to push to get on the field. and Because, like, you know, JP and other guys have been saying, too, you know, if Jordan can play, Jordan's going to play. He knows his way to dip and bob and weave around the, you know, concussion protocol. So, But it's good to see that, you know, Washington's putting, you know, his health over everything. I mean, it's a lost season. You know, I mean, at, at this point, when it comes to him, we just need to cut our losses and do do what we need to do. I'll always hold 2015 Jordan Reed close to my heart. I remember when we drafted him from Florida. I was ecstatic about it, man. I love Jordan Reed. I mean, he's, in my opinion, he was a top five tight end when healthy, if not one of the a top three tight end. I mean, you know, when he was healthy, a huge part of offense, majority of our touchdowns when RG3 was here is probably his favorite target, just reliable. But he's just never been able to stay healthy. And, and Kirk, oh my goodness, that 2015 oh, division run, oh my god! I mean, that was that was his security blanket with Jordan Reed. So I mean, Redskins Nation loves Jordan Reed. They understand, you know, anybody who has any form of just you know hostile energy towards him, they they're obviously being selfish. And at this point, it's about what he can do for the Redskins. It's about what he can do for himself, his future, and his family moving forward. So we wish him the best, and we we you know want him to have a long, prosperous life, be healthy, you know, watch his kids grow up and live a long, healthy life. So. Yep, so we got Trent, Alex, and Jordan Reed, our three highest-paid players. Not even on the field. Haven't been at all all season. So, something to think about going forward. Um, So, yeah, going into the game, like I said, two worst teams playing. Thank God we're playing at Miami because I don't know what we would have done if we would have gotten our field taken over by the winless Dolphins. That's that's as as bad as it gets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I – 
and, and, and just a little caveat throw in here before we could discuss the Miami Dolphins any further. I mean, I, I hate to be obvious, but, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to say what the butcher does, but, uh, I mean, everybody <laughs> already knows, but I mean, they're awful. They're bad. <laughs> Brian Flores so come, bad. comes over, you know, they, they trade for Josh Rosen. Um, they're completely tanking for Tua. Everybody, it was literally a meme a year ago, but at this point, I mean, it, the team is a literal dumpster fire. I mean, they, they made the Redskins look talented today and we're, we're, we were 0 and 5. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, they, no, like I said, they're, I don't know what's going on with them. Honestly, it, it, it's starting to look like getting rid of Tannehill was a bad choice. That's kind of, that might be a high. And that's crazy play. to say because he was looking like he was kind of the vice of the team. Like he was the reason that they could never get over the, over the hump. Yeah. But, but now he's gone and they look way worse. I mean, they look way when worse. They had him, Albert Wilson was balling. Kenyon Drake from Alabama. He was making big plays. Devontae Parker had somewhat of an offense. I mean, now it's just abysmal. There's nobody doing anything. They're all in on Rosen. Maybe <laughs> for a half. <laughs> <laughs> for a half. We thought so. They said he's our guy. We're sold out on him. If you have to pull your quote unquote franchise quarterback for, against the Redskins, not yeah. A good I mean, my disdain for Josh Rosen is well documented. I, I watched him UCLA. I mean, I thought he had a good arm, good decision making. But I mean, he he it, it, people said early in the draft process that he just he's he's arrogant. He doesn't care about football. I mean, he's – which, I mean, you know, it's good for him to not just have that one-track mind and for him to have a broaden his horizons past football and get an education for himself. That's great and all. But, I mean, you don't come straight in the league and just immediately start talking trash like you're the second coming of Brett Favre when you're, like, breaking <laughs> records for pick sixes by a rookie. And, I mean, he had an awful game today. And, dude, I'll tell you, man, he's got a lot of stands. You check Twitter, man. Oh, my goodness. Josh Rosen didn't get a fair shake. Josh Rosen – was treated unfairly. Josh Rosen didn't get enough of a chance. Okay, there's absolutely nothing wrong with an NFL team deciding that you weren't the best viable option for the franchise moving forward. And they traded up for him. A lot of people like to, don't like to talk about that, but they traded up for him, and he did not perform yeah. whatsoever. You can you can hit them with any excuse you want. Like they had a first-time head coach. I forget the guy's name, to be honest with you. I don't think he has a job in the NFL right now. But, um, you know, a lot of people make excuses for Rosen, but, I mean, he's like he showed in this game, man. He is – he is not good. I mean, it's just, it's really just that simple. I can sit here and, and sugarcoat it, but I mean, his stats speak for themselves and we'll get to that later. But like you said, they, they, they're all in on Rosen. They traded for him and they said that he was starting the remainder of the season. So coming to this game, I think the reason the Cardinals got rid of him is because he didn't really fit Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And they knew that they were going to draft Kyler overall. Cliff wanted him. They said, there's no point in getting, you know, keeping Rosen here. You might as well get rid of him let them have a chance somewhere. That team was terrible, had a lot of injuries, but now he's pretty much just back in that same situation. Yeah, and I mean, Dolphins are just in complete rebuild mode. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, they've lost so many just players that were just contributors for them over the last few years. I mean, their roster is almost just unidentified. Like, I don't I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know I'm, a, I'm a football guy, dude. I was watching that game today. I was like, who the hell? When did he start playing for the Dolphins? Yeah, I, I was like, never heard of them. They have lost this entire roster. Just, they, they're uninspired. I couldn't say how many times during this game, Josh Rosen just looked like he didn't. He wanted to be anywhere but in that stadium. So, but uh, speaking of uh, young quarterbacks getting a chance to show what they could do, uh, we had a uh, and uh, we had uh, Callahan this week took some time with Dwayne, which I actually really, really appreciated and I really admired that. So, you actually were sending me stuff throughout the week about how uh, he had uh, Dwayne on the side field practicing stuff, you know, getting his own. I mean, what, what was what was some of the things you saw? Because I, I, I kind of saw that he was getting some work, I just didn't quite get the whole gist of it. Uh, yeah, no, he was doing a lot of individual drills. Um, 
I think the main one I saw was like it's like a uh, like a bungee screen with like targets on it, and he was just like running plays, rolling out, and just throwing it, and they'd throw him another ball real quick, and he'd like make the decision, and you know, just working on accuracy, just working on his timing a little bit. He was and, getting reps with the yeah. starters, like he should have yeah, been no, the yeah. entire time. And that's something Callahan said too. Like during first team reps, he said every quarterback got reps. That's what it's supposed to be because you know if your starting quarterback goes out, you're like, well, I guess we got to go to our backup who has Why, no reps. Exactly. All. Why would you want to throw a guy out there who has zero experience with the people he's throwing to? I mean, yeah, Vernon Davis is an All-Pro tight end. I mean, you know, Terry McLaurin's a great young wide receiver. Adrian Peterson's a Hall of Fame running back. But at the end of the day, man, you got to have reps and you got to have time to build chemistry with these guys. You can't just throw them out there. And you know that's why me and Josh were so. Just that's why we scrutinize Jay so much because I mean, he was coming out there every week and the media was defending him just when he was acting like you know he was trying to get Dwayne ready and he was you know making sure Dwayne was well prepared. We all knew it was a lie. Callahan in one week of practice has already shown more intensity and preparation than Jay showed here in the last couple oh, yeah. of years, and that's pathetic because this team has nothing to play for. No, it, it definitely seemed like a prepared team. Like, I know it was just a week, like, I wasn't expecting the Patriots to come out on the field, but it looked like that. Going into the week and even before the game, during the game, we looked prepared. We looked like we actually knew what we were doing somewhat, and I felt confident that we were going to bring somewhat of our best product forward during the game. Um, the one thing that really impressed me with Callahan's, like everybody was stretching on the field and uh, just you know getting ready for the game, getting hyped. He literally went to every single player down the line all the way across the field and just got every I guy that. hyped. I love that. Dapped them up, hit him with the fist bump. He's like, let's go. Come on, like, get get ready. Yeah, while he is kind yeah. of a placeholder for this team, I mean, he looks like he's trying to make the best of the situation at hand. And I, and I respect that because Callahan's been a good hire since he's been here, man. I remember when he came over from Dallas, I was so excited. I remember going to Skins Camp, just hearing him just wearing, just chewing those guys out, man. I mean, every, every freaking drill, he did it like it was the most important drill that he was ever going to coach. So, but, um, we're not going to get much into the activations, deactivations for the game. I mean, I think the most noteworthy one for the Washington Redskins is, of course, Colt McCoy not being active. And uh, the last pod we did, right after Jay got fired, we uh, were very critical of uh, Callahan not, you know, committing to Dwayne as at least the backup quarterback. But uh, he came forward and said that Dwayne is going to be the second string quarterback because he's the future of the franchise. And he decided to deactivate Colt. So I think that's a step in the right direction. And I think that's Huge. something that all the Redskins fans wanted to hear. He went against Gruden right away and said, Colt is not our guy. He's Never was. Ready. Yep. So he deactivated him. He said, I'm going to start case right now, and we're going to get uh, Haskins ready. He's the backup because he's the future of this franchise. That was big. That was like candy to my ear. So, loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty much loathing this game, to be honest with you guys. And I, and I hate to say this because it sounds so pessimistic, but I honestly hope, I was hoping we'd lose <laughs> because – all I can think about is April at this point. But, um, I mean, it's it's still Redskins. I'm not going to be mad at a Redskins win under any circumstances. But uh, this was probably the sloppiest win I think I've ever seen. And I've seen the Rex Grossman teams. I've seen the John <laughs> – what is his name? John Beck teams. I've seen – I mean, I've seen Jason them all. Campbell. Jason Campbell. I've seen them all, man. And this was the messiest win I think I've ever seen. In fact, I'm going to – waste little to no time even discussing the first half. There's really only one play in the first half that was even that would even make the top ten in Sports Center. And that was dude uh, Terry McLaurin, man. I, I oh, at this dude, point man. I don't really know what else we can say about him to just like he's just blowing the ceiling that he was <laughs> president when he got here, man. I mean I don't think anybody in that front office, anyone in general expected him to be the playmaker that he is, man. It's honestly it's it's it blows my mind. 
No, we got a huge steal, and it's – I mean, Jordan – I mean, not Jordan. Josh Doxson couldn't tie his shoelaces. He's not worthy. So the fact that we actually got rid of him and this is our replacement, that's the best thing we've done all season. Hands down. I mean, he is the bright spot. I mean, I, I can sit here and say that the defense had a good game and, you know, because Josh Allen, uh, Jonathan Allen got two sacks. Uh, uh, Dunny got his third pick. I mean, good for all of them. But, I mean, Terry is Terry has a legitimate argument for rookie of the year as, as of this point. I mean, he's on pace oh, for, yeah. I think, 1,000, uh, 1,080 yards and 13 touchdowns, I think is the estimate as of right now. And he missed the game. I mean, he, he went slam the hell off in this game, dude. I mean, he had four catches. Hundred yards, two touchdowns, but uh, his first one's in the first half. Team, so shout out God, to man, you're so lucky. I swear. But I had Diggs on my bench, so. I felt oh sick. my God! Yeah, he had like three touchdowns yeah. today. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first, the first half. I mean, it was pretty boring. Literally, my like best notes was uh, Matt Ioannidis. Like, <laughs> I don't mean to like roast the guy. He's really good. He had a sack, but one thing I noticed is he has no sack celebration. No. Every time he has a big play, he stands up and he just claps. Yeah, like he's really about as boring as where he was drafted. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Dude, he literally just claps, like, intensely. And she's like, yeah. Cut, 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 cut. Like, yeah I, I don't really think much of it. In fact, it's so boring and so bland that when he gets a sack, when he does that corny, unseasoned crap, it, like, immediately as, exits my mind. I'm like, oh, he got a sack? I wouldn't know. And I was, he burned Look, it from my I memory. Say this right now. <laughs> We're going to start the trend. We're going to come up with a celebration. We're going to get a hold of him and be like, dude, this is way better than your little hand. Claps. All right, I can um, I can mess with that. We 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 gotta, right. we gotta get a poll or something going. I, th- I think, dude, Redskins Nation is, dude, they're always coming up with with clever stuff, man. I mean, some dude, some of the stuff I'd be seeing, man, just cracks me up. And dude, I'll tell you, the people are behind Terry, man. And, and oh, I'll yeah. tell you one thing, he, Case Keenum, don't let those stats fool you. First half stats, second half stats, overall stats, QBR, don't let it fool you. He had a just awful game. I mean, the only reason he had a good game was because Terry. Terry was Terry and Case have a semblance of chemistry right now, and I think that is the only thing that is keeping Case's job even remotely secure at this point. And that's because he is he has played with elite receivers like Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Emmanuel Sanders, um, DeAndre Hopkins. He he knows who he's throwing to. I mean, he he he's played with those guys. You know, he's his veteran. The veteran aspect of Case Keenum is definitely what's keeping him afloat in the Redskins quarterback position. So. Uh, but, at what point is that like not enough? I would say it's not enough, but when he's scoring 14 points and two of them are to this one, I mean, you, you look, man, I can't stand Case Keenum as a starting quarterback, and I know you can't either, but at the end of the day, we can't deny that him and Terry are starting to develop a little bit of a chemistry. I mean, it's – Oh, yeah. I, and, and that's, you know, for as run happy as our offense is, you know, it for us to have any form of an air raid and have any – for us to have anything that even like remotely works in the past game, I, I don't think Callahan's going to try to throw that away. Now, I feel like Case is going to come in at some point and lose his job and throw his way to the bench again. But I mean, I don't think it's going to be right now. You know, he's already said he's committing to uh, Case as a starter next week as well. So, I don't think Case played bad enough to lose his job. I mean, he didn't really put them in positions to where they were going to lose the game. But he he came so close, especially in the second half, of just making egregious errors that could have really cost them this game. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. And it him and Rosen had a very common trend in this game of just putting passes where there was literally no one within 10 yards. He missed Trey Quinn a bunch. I mean, P, uh, Paul Richardson missed a couple. I just – it was like – it was it wasn't – it was good play calling, but just terrible execution, terrible ball placement. And it was just three and outs pretty much oh my god that was like the entire first half and then a majority of the second half 
But uh, Rosen, oh my God, dude, that guy was getting killed by you know Ionitis, Jonathan oh. Allen. I mean, he he actually got sacked sacked five times in the first half. I mean, it should have been it should have been more. Yeah, it should have been more. Dude, I mean, he was good. BS calls. I gotta say this because I'm I'm about fed up of it. Th- this is why college is better than NFL. It's because these soft ass calls like the BS flag on uh. Oh my God! Who the hell did he hit, bro? He knocked the soul out of that dude. Dude, well, that that was terrible. Like, literally, he just the guy ran into him and he just like he put his shoulder into him. I don't know what else you could have asked for him in that situation. And then the Ryan Anderson sack literally ran ran towards him, hit him, and like pushed him over. Ryan Anderson was still standing. He didn't fall on him. He didn't like like lean his body weight on him. Nothing. Literally as clean as a hit as possible. Like, nope, flag, roughing the passer, roughing the young kid. Dude. It's football. Let them free Ever play. since that Packers that. game last year, man, with Clay Matthews and Alex Smith play, I mean, it's been obnoxious, oh, dude. dude. And, and the, that was terrible. That poor was Clay terrible. Matthews couldn't catch a break that last year in Green Bay, man. And, and he's getting, getting worse getting and worse yeah. and worse. But it's so it's so soft, man. I'm, I I can't deal with it. Like that's why I do love. Me and my buddies are talking about it during the game. We're like, this is why college is better than NFL because he's soft calls, man. And it's not just us; it's around the whole league. I'm not saying, oh, and, dude, I, and I understand the owner mentality. I understand that you know people are riding the NFL's ass about concussions and player safety, and you know they want guys to be more clean tacklers. They want the game just to be safer. But then the day, man, this is the football is controlled chaos. You can try your best to try to like simplify violence and, and create a formula for it, but you're not going to be able to, man. I mean, it's violence. I it's mean, the, it's the whole point of the game. Exactly, the you're whole point of the game is to destroy the man in front of you, and there's no rhyme or reason for it sometimes it's it's abrupt it's violent and it's not scripted man this isn't the nba i mean it's, this isn't something that you can there's no schematic you can put behind just men just straight up throwing each other around like rag dolls i mean you can try and that's what the nfl tries to do they try to regulate these games and you know they they try their best about throwing all these flags getting these guys to kind of lighten up on each other but at the end of the day man i mean you, just like with jamal adams man you know he was he, that freaking hit on baker oh, man. oh my god you no, would have thought you would have thought he sean taylor at his ass or something the way <laughs> you the way they find him. him yeah it was, it was terrible and, but, and i'm I glad mean, that jamal won his appeal i'm glad that i felt you know right they're wrong on that but at the end of the day man like you're saying i mean just they've got to do better with the contact man this is a professional level these guys know how to tackle these guys know what they're doing they're top tier talent they're they were drafted where they were drafted for a reason. They're starting for a reason in the NFL. It's because they're good at what they do. But at the end of the day, with sports like football, man, it's controlled chaos. And, to, and sometimes there's going to be casualties. It is what it is. I mean, with Ryan Shazier, man, he didn't tackle correctly. That's one of the, He was one of the best young linebackers in football. But, I mean, you know, that was a hor- – he led with his head. I mean, that was probably the worst way he could have tackled that guy. And look what happened. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, it's just – you know what you sign up for. It's just it's, – it's a price you pay. It's a, it's a chance you take. Yeah, I mean, it happened at Rutgers with Eric Legrand. Oh, a couple yeah, Eric years Legrand ago. as well. Good example. Great job. It's just it's part of the game. I know you like you want to control some of that, but tell Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Brian Dawkins back in the day, hey, guys, you can't hit like that. It wouldn't go too well for and you. And there are guys that are kind of learning that NFL style, and they're honing it, and they're doing a really good job with it. Like Landon Collins. I don't feel like Landon Collins. Hard. Landon Collins is probably the best tackling safety I think I've seen in the NFL in a long time. I mean, he just he's very clean. He wraps you up by the legs. He doesn't take cheap shots. I mean, he definitely yeah. fits the NFL style that they're you know that they're going for. But it, you know, in these high in these high like pressure situations where you know the game's the line and guys are going 100 miles per hour at each other and. You know, someone gets hit, man. You know, I mean, there's really not much you can do. I mean, it's, that's it exactly is what it is. It. 
I was gonna say it's so fast paced. You can only do but so much. These guys are athletes, man. I mean, they're faster than they've ever been, stronger than they've ever been, bigger than they've ever been. I mean, it is what it is. And I, I and I, I wish the NFL would see that. But at the end of the day, they're a business. They got sponsors. You know, they got the CTE guys riding their ass. I understand that. I mean, it's there's an agenda there. But anyway, back to the game. You know, the first half ended with a seven three score. You know, uh, ugly first half. Not much to talk about other than the fact that Rosen was getting demolished. We scored. Terry had a great catch. Other than that, I mean, that was pretty much the entire, you know. Yeah, one thing I noticed is my friend texted me before the game said, hey, man, like, he does a lot of sports betting. He said Adrian Peterson over, like, 65 yards, I think. He was like, what do you think going into the game? Like, how does that look? And I told him, I said, AP is going to have over 20 rushing attempts, and I think he'll pass 60 easily. And that's the first thing I noticed right away. Like, I texted him. I was like, AP, another run. Run on 18, run of six, run of seven. They just – Callahan had him going at full speed, just filling the gas. And that was Callahan. Callahan, like we said earlier, was very adamant about that. He said that A.J. Pearson was going to get the ball, and they were going to run the ball because he felt like, you know, they got away from that. And, you know, and, and on the other side of the spectrum, I don't mean to cut you off, but on the other side of the spectrum, you got guys like Chris Thompson saying that, you know, well, it's hard for us to run the ball and commit to it when, you know, we're down 14 points this and the other. It doesn't matter. you got to come out. you got to run the ball. you got to set the tempo. You know, I understand he's mad that Jay Gruden's gone. But at the end of the day, man, there's nothing wrong with Callahan's philosophy. Playing defense, which we did well today, even though it was the Dolphins, and running the football, which we did well today, even though it was the Dolphins. Yeah, those are two things that, that are pretty quintessential to Redskins football, and, you know, we honed them both pretty well today, and it led to a victory. So I, I, I'm glad that Callahan, you know, stuck to his guns and, and did what he said he was going to do. And like you said, AP had a big day. So, And a, a hat tip to Callahan in the first half, showing off his cannon arm, throwing that challenge flag. <laughs> <laughs> look, look better than Case Keenum has all year. Yeah, I, Case was sweating he over there. Man. Case saw that. Out. He was like, "Oh, geez." He said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and the old geezer got it better than I do. But I was like, "I was like, let's go." He's not afraid to challenge in his first NFL game with the Redskins. Let's go. So that was that was just a little cool thing. Um, the Landon Collins almost had a sweet interception, jumping over uh, the tight end and Boschix both almost had it. But like you said, Dunbar had the uh, interception in the first half. That was pretty much, like I said, the first half was pretty boring. JP said, this is one of those games you fall asleep on the couch watching. That's literally what <laughs> happened to me. I passed out. You were texting me during the game. and I, If it wasn't for your dings and notifications, I, I don't think I would have stayed conscious. I'm not even going to lie to you. You'd still be asleep. Uh, but it's definitely – if you think Sundays, you think church, you eat a lot of food, then you watch football, and then you fall asleep at some point. So I definitely laughed at that one because it had that. Um, but halftime, I was kind of just looking at it. I was like, Case Keenum just underperforming against a bad defense. Um, kind of wanted to see what happened in the second half. Wanted us to keep the uh, foot on the gas and just apply pressure to the Dolphins. Yeah, this this game like was wide said. open going into the second half. Seven to three. You know, no, they didn't really know where the tempo was going. Honestly, I I kind of. I kind of flashed forward a little bit. I thought Dwayne was going to end up coming in because the offense was just struggling, and I didn't want that, you know. I, I The offense was just struggling to move the ball, and, you know, it, it wasn't a knock-on case. I mean, both teams played pretty well today. I mean, you know, the Dolphins are Dolphins, and, you know, we're also the Redskins. But, you know. The Redskins are Redskins. Exactly. I mean, we're definitely but, uh, not, we're not eons better than the Dolphins. We're just better on paper than they are. Than they are. We put more draft capital into the – Drafting a better team than them, you know, we got Jonathan Allen, Devon Payne. We got a we got a young core, like like Callahan said when he first took over the reins, man. We got a young nucleus of players, and today we showed that on paper we still do have a good roster. It's just things just weren't clicking for us this year. So, yeah, no, the the Dolphins like roster wise have a long ways to go. We we have roster, we still have things we need to improve. Obviously, there's some parts we need to clean up and get younger at, and 
get some money back. But the Dolphins are in a really tough spot. And like you said, halftime, they pulled Rosen. I was kind of surprised. I know they weren't doing anything on offense. They were about as stale as we were, but worse. So then Fitzmagic comes out. And I was, I'm not going to lie, I was nervous because he has those games where he just goes off or he plays really bad. I, I'm sorry, but I I was I knew once he came in that this was gonna turn into a straight up primetime football game. I mean <laughs> Fitz, once Fitz gets that look in his eye, man, I mean he, he is the most inconsistent quarterback I've ever seen. But when he has composure But he loves being inconsistent. When he has composure, he is he is honestly one of the better quarterbacks to come into a second half and play. I mean but I mean dude, there's just so many freaking and the thing is, you know, it looked like we were going to run away with this game. You know, Fitz ended up coming in, but first, you know, Rosen had some early struggles, you know, a couple turnovers, and then Terry scored a beautiful just laser down the left sideline, 33-yard touchdown, getting his second touchdown of the game. So Rosen struggled a little bit, and they ended up benching him. So uh, then that's, like you said, when Fitzmagic came in, and, you know, then it began. And then Rosen exits the game, 15 for 25, 86 yards, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. So I don't know how they're all in on this guy when he doesn't seem like he's all in on learning the playbook. But that's none of my business. Uh, like you said, Fitzmagic comes in. This all of a sudden turned into a crazy game. Fitz drives him straight down the field, and then Kalen Balaj touchdown run, making it 17-10. So it looked like it looked like we were in for a game, and, you know, I think everybody watching, if you have any history of Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Buccaneers, the Bills, you know, Harvard grad, guys, guys never been the franchise quarterback, but he, he, he's he got some nasty four-game runs in him, man. I don't know what it is about oh, yeah. him, man. The dude's got gall. Just... Dude, he – like, I forgot who they played, like, when he was on the Buccaneers. Was it, like, the Steelers? And he just went off. And they, like they that had, was like, it, yeah, yeah, that was last thing. year. That was last year, dude. And then the press conference, like with his shirt unbuttoned, with Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Oh on, my like, god, that, that was like top ten NFL moments of oh, all yeah. time. That shows like the kind of person he is, and I love it. Like I'm all for it. Like he's hilarious. He's a straight baller. He's like, I'm gonna throw this thing 50 times. I might throw an interception or two, but I'm gonna just get 500 yards and three touchdowns too. He's completely um, aware of who he is, and he doesn't try to act like he's something he's not. I mean, he yeah. he straight up goes for the throat. That's his play style. But I I, I would say he's worst case. Keenum's kind of like that sometimes. He just makes better decisions. He's a lot more accurate than Case Keenum is. So, oh yeah, like I said, seventeen ten. He comes in the game. Uh, you know, they're one score down, and and I swear, dude, I thought Case Keenum was trying to lose this game at this point. I mean, he had one of the play, probably one of the worst plays I've ever seen. That I, it was a miracle it didn't turn into a defensive turnover or touchdown. I'm I'm referencing the one where he uh, was in the pocket. He kind of scrambled back. He was he was kind of like uh, back on his own five. Oh yeah. And dude, <clears throat> I swear to God, he was trying to throw an interception. I mean, he scrambled back. I was like, I don't know who the hell told him he was Lamar Jackson. <laughs> he was running out there like Fran Tarkenton. I was like, throw the damn ball, Case. And he ended up he ended up barely not getting intercepted. So then that gives old Fitz magic one last possession. Down by seven. Two minutes left. Starting to throw in twenty five, and then. As everyone who's seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play before expected, Fitzmagic ensued. So, I mean, I don't – were you surprised by this? I wasn't surprised at all whatsoever. I mean, you know, they said they were going to ride out with Rosen, but, I mean, Fitz is a guy that he just brings – he's got so much experience in the NFL, and he's just a gunslinger, man. And they have nothing to lose, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> freaking Floors and them came out swinging, man. I mean, they didn't care. They were just like, look, we're either going to go out guns blazing or we're just going to get our ass whooped, and they, choose, they chose gun blazing, so. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that they pulled Rosen, but he was doing so bad. Like, after that Sean Dion Hamilton interception. Oh, yeah, that was a phenomenal play with Sean Dion Hamilton. Shout out to him. Beautiful. Like, after that, I was like, all right, you know, they might look to uh, Fitzpatrick, but I I really didn't know. But they did, and I was kind of surprised. But I'm not surprised at how well he played. 
just because, like I said, I told my dad, I was like, he's so good, you know, back against the wall, just no Fs given. I mean, dude, his composure. I mean, if you looked at him on that, uh, not the last scoring drive, but the scoring drive before that. No, it was the last scoring drive. He had, like, almost a Joe Montana-esque about him. I mean, he was just licking his, <laughs> licking his fingers, doing little hand signs. I mean, he was just – he was – he was he was he was zoned in, man. I mean, that's really the only thing I can say. He was ready to go. I mean, he's, been, he's he been there scored, before. He's been there before. Yeah, after he scored, he had that crazy look where his eyes gets big, and he just like opens his mouth and sticks his tongue out and just yells. And yeah, he wasn't even he wasn't even in his final form. So no, he, he was he was like high on adrenaline, and just running off of that. But they uh, and I, it's so funny because literally, I was sitting there watching, and I was like, look. I was like, Josh Norman's about to get beat. I literally called this. I said, Josh Norman's about to get scored on. And my dad's like, yeah, you're probably right. And I was like, no, he's literally about to get scored on. And the very next play, Devontae Parker, easy as could be, Josh Norman's playing like 10 yards deep on the freaking, what, 10-yard line, soft coverage out of place. I said, yep, and literally knows going to happen. Not surprised. Yeah, if you it, saw it, how the original line across each going. other, it, it made it look like, it was decent coverage, but if you watched where Josh had lined up, I mean, he was so far off of him. I mean, it, it blew my mind. that And Josh, I just – at this point, he is just – I mean, when, when I say he is a shell of his former self, it's an understatement. Yeah. No, I mean, I tweeted that Dunbar has been outplaying him immensely, and, you know, Redskins Twitter was like, heck, yeah, by a large margin. And the fact that we're playing – I mean, we've said it how many times now, Josh Norman, second hot, highest paid player in the league behind Xavier Howard, who didn't play today, thank God for the Dolphins. Um, and Dunbar is just – I mean, three interceptions compared to Josh Norman's, like, seven touchdowns given up. So, I mean, to me, like, I'd if I had to pick one going forward, it'd be Dunbar for sure. If, if he can stay healthy, then I'd rather have him over uh, Josh Norman. Yeah, and quite frankly, you know, PFF and other just uh, football statistic uh, websites, you know, I did a little bit of digging. Apparently, he's ranked third or fourth in uh, overall cornerback rankings in the league this year, and that's absolutely <laughs> insane. I mean, it, it's yeah, crazy no. to me that a guy like Dunbar who, you know, switched positions, was looked like a project has turned into a, just a really solid young corner for the Redskins. And honestly, I think he's good enough to be our number one man. I mean, some of those times where Josh didn't play and, and Quentin was out there on the number one guy, I mean, Quentin, Quentin made the best of it. And, I, and like you said, man, I, at this point, we need to just save the cap and we need to just do what we can with Quentin and just build around him. He's the future. Yeah, Josh Norman's absolutely not worth what he wants to be making going forward. Um, so after that touchdown, it really brings us to one of the worst two-point conversions I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Saying that this game ended the way that it should is a very yeah. This the, was the, the, bad, this was the most prolific ending to a tank bowl imaginable. Yeah, <laughs> the worst would have been like a fumble, like like a bad snap going over his head. But, but Kenyon Drake straight badass <laughs> had a one yard sprint to score to win the game and make them get their first win. Dude Drop. straight up drops it. <laughs> I mean, I was honestly, it didn't feel like we won the game. And Jonathan Allen looked like he had just stopped Tom Brady on goal line. And I'm like, dude, come, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I first off, the play call was terrible. You're awful. literally at the two yard line and you're throwing like a little screen. I mean, I just don't. I mean, Kenyon Drake is no freaking, you know, he's no James White. I mean, he's a talented running back. And I mean, you know, the Miami Miracle and everything, that's cool beans. But like at the end of the day, I mean, I just fits is going to put that ball wherever you want him to put it, and he's going to throw it in there. I don't understand why you don't just line everybody up and have Fitz just tape, make the best read imaginable. I yeah. just 
Uh, the only teams I've ever seen find success with that, I don't mean to reference them twice, is the New England Patriots. I mean, when they were down 28-3 against the Atlanta Falcons they, and they had to do all those two-point conversions, they ran, they ran a lot of concepts of just quick screens on goal line. But that requires really good coaching, really good block. That actually looked a lot similar to the play that they used to tie the game up to go into overtime in that Super Bowl, which is ironic because Brian, Brian Flores was on that coaching staff. So Yeah, but even if you would have caught that ball, he was about to get killed. I mean, he had Ryan Anderson was literally right there beside him. His old teammate. I mean, yeah. yeah Jonathan you, Allen. You can make that argument, run. but at the same time, how many times did Sean Watson score a touchdown today when he was literally getting sacked at the three and he just scrambled his way to the one? I mean, the Miami, the Miami miracle was extremely – I mean, it was it is what it was, a miracle, but it was extremely improbable. So, I mean, it's – I mean, he completely – he stopped the play from developing, and, and, and you could tell he hated himself for it, man. He's oh, easily yeah. – and, and the crazy part is him, Xavier Howard, and a couple other guys, they're – easily some of the brightest spots in this roster and to see him you know kind of have a moment like that was kind of a gut punch for him and Dolphins fans but hey they're the real winners here they get the first yeah. overall pick so see but, that's the thing like I was like I don't know if I should be hyped about this was I was really not in fact win. I was rooting for us to lose at multiple points <laughs> it's hard to root if I knew we were going to pull like 10 wins out of our ass then I'd be like heck yes we won exactly we're not going to coach our guys up and go on this miracle seven game stretch like we did with RG3 it's just not going to happen so but I mean this game this game was like the equivalent of a Hallmark movie during Christmas it was just a feel good game you know AP's (laughs) smiling like he's Todd Gurley Callahan's running around like he just won the biggest game of his career you know Bruce Allen everybody's smiling like a bunch of idiots you know because they feel like oh we got rid of the weakest link shout out to Kirk Cousins feel like we got rid of the weakest link and, you know, it's just I, – I just I, – it, it, okay. This win was also the equivalent of fool's gold. If you think that this win shows that they we're in the, any right direction or any upward trend, you you are sadly mistaken. This was a very bad Miami football team. I don't think I can say that enough. And, you know, like I said, it's great. They're on the win column. Good we're not going to go 0-16. But, you know, at this point, I, I don't understand how people wouldn't – would be so upset if we were to just not win another game this season. I mean, dude, we need the guys like Chase Young and Jerry Judy and Andrew Thomas. We need guys like that, man. And if that – to me, that is much more significant to the future of this franchise than winning a bunch of meaningless games at the end of the season when we're not even starting our franchise quarterback. Yeah, there's there's honestly there's two Joshes. There's the businessman Josh and there's the diehard fan Josh that hates losing. I hate losing. So like that part, like I felt good that we finally won a game because I mean we didn't say but this is our first victory pod that we've ever done. First victory pod, and it's a very somber one because, I mean, this is quite frankly one of the worst seasons we've ever had to cover or I've had to cover, hands down, and I know it's one of the worst you've had to cover too. But, I mean, you know, yeah, first victory pod, but, I mean, it, it was a very bittersweet win in my opinion, you know. Like, I, Miami's doing exactly what they're going to do. They're going to go get their franchise guy this offseason. They're going to build around them. You know, I think they're going to pull a kind of – They have a ton of picks too. They oh, my God, man. I, I'm happy for them, man. And, and if we lost this game, we'd be in the same position, and I don't really think that's losing. Yeah. I mean, but uh, Callahan – Callahan, you know, had a good first game. Uh, Kevin O'Connell called a really good first game. You know, like I said, AP was walking around smiling. Somebody had to win this shit show, quite frankly. There's really no way to put it other than that. This game was just a feel-good game. Um, Terry McLaurin's the bright spot for sure. And, you know, we got Case Keenum going forward as a starter. I mean, a lot of people disagree with it. Shit, I disagree with it. I mean, you know, I mean, I I don't think he's shown just an abundance of to where, you know, you can't even question – putting in or you can't even like argue putting in Dwayne but I, I I don't know man how do you feel about the quarterback situation moving forward do you feel like Dwayne's done enough well I feel like this game like I said we were only one point better than the worst team in the NFL so I'm not like super ecstatic about how we played um the defense looked really good it's been improving over the weeks don't know how much of that is just the Dolphins being bad how much it's us being good but I feel like this team's being restricted by the quarterback play and like I said it's getting bailed out by 
the immaculate route running and catches by Terry McLaurin because Case Keenum finished with 166 and two touchdowns. And 100 of those yards was to Terry, and both touchdowns were to Terry. So 66 yards by the rest of the wide receivers. Paul Richardson's not impressing me. He's missing Trey Quinn on easy throws. Exactly. And I want to go ahead and shut down this argument that people have right now and and make this the clip because this needs to be said. You got a lot of people saying now that, you know, like, well, Alex Smith was the game manager. Alex Smith didn't make all these amazing throws. Alex Smith wasn't out here throwing four touchdowns a game. Why do you expect Case to do that? Do not sit here and compare Alex Smith to Case Keenum. Alex Smith had an aurora about him. He had just a presence. You know, he was a leader in the locker room. You know, he was very mobile, smart with his legs. He was a great athlete. He's had a lot of experience in this league. He's He's been championship games. I mean, you, you can't compare Alex Smith to Case Keenum just because oh, they both have semblances of a game manager. I know I know that's not you saying that, but at the end of the day, people yeah. are saying that because, you know, Alex Smith was a game manager. What's wrong with Case being a game manager? The difference is Alex Smith is one of the smartest players of the football I think I've ever seen. He never puts his team in a situation to lose. That's why we were able to have so many ugly wins last year. And I know we say we hate bringing up those last, those wins last year like they're, you know, we won the Super Bowl. But I just hear a lot of people, you know, referencing to it like it's the blueprint for victory. That Alex Smith team is not, never going to be replicated. We had a veteran that knew what he was doing, and he was leading this locker room, and we had, we had a good thing going with the defense. And it's, and it's self-destructed. This is a completely different Washington Redskins team, and they need to find their identity. That team had their identity. This is not that team. We may be a year later after everything happened, and, you know, we should still have some semblance of that team, but we don't. Like you said, no Jordan Reed, no Trent Williams, no Alex Smith. Those are three of our highest-paid players, most expensive offices in the NFL, and guess what? None of them are playing. None of them. So, exactly. so we're, we're missing that, and it's showing. Like I said, Alex Smith was not just a game manager. He was a game winner. He can make big plays. Keenum's complete opposite. He really just takes the game as it comes, just, just plays. He doesn't do anything exciting. He doesn't, like, go out there and make plays. He just throws like a quarterback. Yeah, He's just yeah. very average. And sometimes so, he has those moments where, you know, he shows his veteran leadership. Like, he had a couple checks at the line today with AP, and, you know, he, he made some good decisions. But at the end of the day, man, you know, eight. Case Keenum has shown us who Case Keenum is. And at this point in the year, you know, they may feel like they're about to go on a miraculous winning streak, but these next four or five games are a tough stretch, man. I mean, you thought that first. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got we're, – we're playing the undefe- – well, as of right now, undefeated uh, 49ers at home next week. I mean, great defense. Great defense great pushed up by Kyle Shanahan, and they're going to come in here guns blazing. And if we don't win that game, then what are we playing for? Why not put in Dwayne Haskins? Why not give him a shot? And I'm not going to really push that agenda as much as I did when Jay was coach because I feel like I was – kind of talking to a wall, whereas now I know Callahan's actually trying with, with Dwayne and trying to get Dwayne ready, and he wants Dwayne to start at one point. But then the day, man, I mean, it gives us something to look forward to. It helps the, it helps the team evaluate him. It helps us learn what mm-hmm. kind of player Dwayne is because the, the, the media and everyone, the, the narrative they're crafting around him right now is just really – it's really derogatory, and it, I feel like he needs to like, – like Daniel Jones, he needs a chance to, to show who he is and prove himself, you know. And I don't think it's fair to Dwayne, mm-hmm. but I feel like we're still – we, we play a lot of good defenses coming up, 49ers, Packers, Buffalo, Vikings have a good defense. So I think at, at some point Case will get pulled for uh, Haskins. So it's something to look forward to. But like I said, we play the uh, 49ers coming up. They're undefeated. I think they're leading right now. It's about halftime. We're recording this uh, Sunday at like 6 o'clock. Um, Kyle Shanahan, like I said, the reunion with him, we had a chance to keep him. We didn't do it. Uh, highlights for the 49ers. Jimmy G, back from the injury. He's been playing pretty well this season. Predecessor of Tom Brady. Yeah, No big deal. Jimmy Jesus. Uh, Matt Breda, they've had a lot of injuries at the running back spot, but he's really stepped up and been a huge feature back for him. He's on my fantasy team, so 
I uh, keep a close eye on him. Yeah, you got, uh, you got guys like George Kittle, top five tight end in the league right now. You got Dante Pettis yeah. coming into his own. You got a young O line. You have an absolutely killer defensive front. I mean, with oh, just yeah. a bunch of former first round draft picks with Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, and they are eating quarterbacks. D Ford. D Ford, yeah. yeah, picked him up from the Chiefs this offseason. So this is a very hungry, very talented, and very just overall great 49ers team we're playing this weekend. And, you know, if we if we happen to not win this game, you know, I mean, what's next? I mean, what's what's the what's the what's the plan? You know, do you put Dwayne in? Do you do you keep riding out with Case? Because I mean, this is gonna be a bloodbath, man. I I know I know everybody was watching that Cleveland and 49ers game, man. I mean, the 49ers are out for blood, man. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna kick you while you're down. And if you think that Kyle Shanahan isn't gonna run up the score on his old, on his old team, you're sadly mistaken. Yeah, I mean, it's led by uh, probably the best trash talker in the NFL, Richard Sherman. So that'll be fun on the field. Uh, it'll probably be him against Terry. So that's a good test for Terry. Very good test for Terry. Um, but I mean, it's it is a hard spot talking about the quarterbacks because we play the 49ers on that Sunday, and then that next Thursday we uh, head to Minnesota to play against the Vikings. So it's a short week. Um, so kind of it's something to look out for time-wise with the quarterbacks and seeing, you know, what they decide after the 49ers game. Do you throw Haskins in with a short week of prep? Do you wait till after that, wait till the next uh, bye week coming up? So uh, something to definitely look forward to. But I think our defense can give the 49ers some fits just because Kittle's been quiet this year. I think that'll be his coming Teams out. Teams are also a lot more prepared for him this year than they were last year, that's for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is very smart with the ball. He knows what he's doing. If we can get some pressure up front, force those matchups, get some pressure on Jimmy G, you know, I feel like we'll have a, a chance in this game. But we need some pretty stellar quarterback play no matter who's behind center, you know. And like I said, Callahan's committed to uh, Case, and, you know, that's fine and dandy. I'm glad that Colt's out of the equation. But, you know, I'm just starting to think looking forward, man, you know, at what point are you going to start giving Dwayne those reps? Because, I mean, at this point, you just look like you completely misdrafted him. I mean, to, just to, my last point on that is just, I mean, think about it from this perspective, right? You know, Callahan comes in, he's preaching running the football, he's preaching being fundamentally sound. Okay, well, then throw in the rookie quarterback, teach him the fundamentals, and, and make this his offense. And, let, you know, let AP take the burden. Let him do all the work and let, you know, Dwayne make his progressions, make his reads, learn, you know, grow, develop, beat some good teams, you know, lose to some bad teams, you know, whichever comes first. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I mean, Dwayne needs experience at this point because at this point it looks like we've just reached for him. And and I hate hate that that's the narrative that people are crafting. I hate that people people like uh, Mike Lombardi are reporting that he's just entitled and he doesn't try and this, that, and the other. But then when you look at, you know, Clips from Asper and he's busting his ass on the side. I, I just don't like how, you know, I don't like the narrative they're crafting for him, and I don't think it's fair to him, you know. I, let me tell you something right now. If if Dwayne Haskins had the game that Daniel Jones had against New England Thursday night, he would be getting dragged through a mile of glass oh, yeah. this by the sports media. And there's no question in my mind about that. Yeah, that's a, that was a good point that you made, like, with the whole pass happy, don't trusting the run game, Gruden. Haskins didn't seem ready, but I feel more comfortable putting him in. You know, if we're running AP 20 times and he has that leader behind him, you know, I mean, you saw Case and AP talking during the game today. Like AP, uh, or I mean, Case called an audible and AP said, no, 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 go back. So he was like, reload, reload. And it ended up being like a good run play. AP not only just like coaching Case Keenum, if, if he had that behind him, I think Haskins could do a lot better. It'd be a smoother transition. You're not throwing the ball 40 times a game. You're, you're handing it off to the AP 20 times, and you could actually develop a passing game. So I would feel more comfortable with him coming in with Callahan now for sure. I, I mean, absolutely, man. I mean, the season isn't lost on Dwayne, on Dwayne Haskins. It was lost on a lot more intangibles than that. So why not take your first-round quarterback, you know, 
kind of get him used to the offense, have him, you know, be able to read defenses and you know, run the ball, like you said, man, just be a good fundamental offense and let him learn the reins, you know, because at some point he's going to have to take over. He's, he's your first-round draft pick. He's the future of your franchise, like Callahan said. So we're looking forward to the 49ers game next week. Uh, as much as I want to say we're looking forward to it, um, I'm more, more so looking forward to watching the 49ers completely dismantle us because that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I just like watching the 49ers offense. They're a well-oiled machine, man. I mean, like I said, they got Kyle Juszczyk out there looking like Rob Gronkowski. It's awesome. I mean, <laughs> if you're a fan. I think he's hurt coaching, now, too. I think he just got hurt. Wait, say that again? I think he just got hurt, too. What? Oh, what's the score yeah. now? <laughs> it was 7-7 last time I saw him was at the halftime, so it's a close one. So, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan are, are – uh, dream head coaches that we missed out on playing against each other having fun out there and uh we're just celebrating the uh, tank bowl win you know guys we had fun it was a boring game but here we are bittersweet bittersweet first win but uh you know we're looking forward to next week uh what's your prediction for next week josh oh man um well we were both i was off on this one i can't remember what you said but i said like 30 something to 13 but uh looking at it off hand i would say 49ers 31 redskins 13 yeah that's, that's a good one that's you're close to me mine's 38 13 niners so you, you got a little extra jimmy g touchdown sprinkled on top there oh so. yeah boss i mean i don't know hey, i don't know as a football fan you can't root for the niners man it's a, it's a feel-good story i'm glad they're finally going back to the glory days we'll get our soon enough redskins nation just got to be patient but uh this has been the burgundy breakdown podcast And if anything crazy happens this week, we'll hit y'all up. And if not, y'all have a good week. See y'all next weekend. This has been The Breakdown. HTTR. Had to take a quick halftime break to tell y'all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.